Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocery and the Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks near you. Marinero, the sick podcast. What a game by the Montreal Canadiens. Haven't said that often this season, huh? It was a little bit of a rough start, but as the game went on, the Canadians were better and better. And in the end, full marks. Very deserving 4-2 winners at home versus the Calgary Flames. Andrew Zetarnowski, Habs eyes on the prize. I would imagine you would concur. Tony, I, 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 you know what? I enjoyed the game. The start was a little rocky, like you mentioned. Uh, Jake Allen was a little shaky at the beginning, had some problems controlling some rebounds. I was worried it was going to be another one of those games that we've seen so far this season. But he got gained in confidence, the team gained in confidence. They had some, you know, very important moments in this game, which I'm sure we're going to touch on in this uh, podcast. And I'm just glad with the result. Mikhail Backlund, just over two minutes into the hockey game, puts the Calgary Flames up by a score of one to nothing. And at that point, probably everyone at the Bell Center is like, here we go again. It's going to be a long night for the Habs. But Ben Sherratt with his fourth goal of the season, midway through period number one, he ties it at one. What's happened with this guy? He's turned into an offensive threat over the past week. I was going to use the same words to describe him. Look at him. Uh, he's scoring goals. He's defending big minutes with Jeff Petrie on that top uh, top pairing. Um, you know what? Montreal needs goals from wherever they can get him. And if it comes from an unlikely person like Ben Sherratt, all the better. Because, you know, it, it's, a, it's a full team effort to pick him out of this uh, slump. And Ben Sherratt is finding the back of the net. He found the back of the net in his first year with Montreal. I think last year he had a bit of a bit more of a, of, a, of a setback in terms of offensive contribution because he was more more defensive. Um, but this year he, he's finding the touch, which is great because it compensates for other guys who are not don't have that touch yet. Well, it's great for another reason, too. His contract is up at the end of the year, and should the Montreal Canadiens want to trade him, uh, it's not going to hurt if he can actually score some goals as well and bring his value up. It's a sick podcast that is brought to you by Cherry River, hard seltzer, only 90 calories, natural flavors, no preservatives now available in Quebec grocery stores and at the beer store. All right, so Sherratt ties it up, and then Manjapane on a beauty gives the Flames a 2-1 lead. 
I, I know we're going to talk about the Canadians for most of this conversation, but I have to tell you, Manjapani, since he broke into the National Hockey League, he's growing as a player. And every time I see him, he impresses me more and more and more. Well, I can't say I've watched a lot of Calgary Flames games, uh, so I, I'm not that familiar with the name. However, the play itself, the goal that he scored was a gorgeous goal. Uh, to, to receive and control it on the backhand, uh, off balance as he's being tackled by, I forget who he's being tackled by, and then to flip it over uh, Jake Allen's shoulder. Uh, that takes talent to do that kind of, that kind of controlled move. Uh, and that goal was a beauty and well-deserved for him. All right, uh, so the Calgary Flames are up by a score of 2-1 to one after one period of play, and the Montreal Canadiens go on the power play. They do so uh, midway through period number two, and there's a loose puck, and guess who jumps on it? Yeah, Brendan Gallagher, who ties the game at two. He got whacked by Eric Goodbranson right after the, uh, the goal went in, uh, who cross-checked him from behind. I thought that was really cheap, man. It was a late hit. It wasn't. It wasn't clean. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of frustration there. Uh, Gabranson is the kind of defender that's got a bit of plays with an edge, and I'm sure Gallagher is the type of player that greatly annoys those kind of players. So, you know, there was there was hits going back and forth all game. Uh, there was a lot of slashing. There was a lot of conversations uh, during and post play. Uh, so. Yes, it, it, you know what? But I think that kind of physical play woke up the Montreal Canadiens. I think that's what they were missing. They were missing sort of emotion in their games. Uh, there was frustration in their games thus far this season. Yeah, see this kind of fiery emotion coming out of them. Uh, that I think was very good. And if it, you know, if the, it, you know, you need to come out of the game with some bruises and some couple of pains here and there, just to, like rekindle that fire. I think it's a good thing because uh, you know, Brendan Gallagher is a good Brendan Gallagher. You know, Andrew, you're right. Listen, for one of the rare times this season, they look like a team versus the Calgary Flames. They look like mm -hmm. everyone was fighting for each other. They worked yeah. really hard. Uh, anyway, Gallagher gets uh, hit from behind by Goodbranson. Toffoli hits Goodbranson from behind, telling him, you know what, I didn't appreciate what you did to my teammate. And then Tanev drops his gloves, gets in two shots into Weidman's face. And he's not penalized. I couldn't no, believe no, what no. I was watching. Yeah, I mean, every every game you're going to have some kind of uh, subjective differences with the with the refereeing, and you know we've seen it. I think it's part of the game that uh, referees kind of pick and choose how they wish to penalize players given a situation, given the players involved, given the time of game. Uh, there's enough statistical evidence out there that. Um, Penalty calls uh, vary depending on the, the point of the game, the pace of the game, and the score of the game. So it is what it is. It's a nature of the beast. Should a player objectively be penalized for punching another player in the face? Sure, but it's hockey, so we know that it's not always the case. Speaking of stats, 4-2 was the score for the Canadians. They outshot the Calgary Flames 28-26. Uh, the Canadians won 54% of the draws to only 46% for Calgary. The Canadians were two for five on the power play. Meanwhile, Calgary only had one power play opportunity in the game and went 0 for 1. Nick Suzuki, we'll talk about him in just a second, leading the charge, one goal and one assist. Mike Hoffman had five shots on goal, so there's some stats for you. If uh, any of those players that I brought up, whether it was Suzuki or whether it was Hoffman or any player in the National Hockey League or any team, any sport for that matter, you want to pick up a jersey, 
sportbuffshop.com for all your officially licensed sports apparel and our sick merchandise as well. Use code SICK15 for 15% off on all of their items. Speaking of Suzuki, it's uh, there's what, um, at the 12-minute mark or so of period number three, this guy's coming down the right wing, which we've seen him do on many occasions thus far this season. Comes down the right wing, goes wide, gains a little bit of speed, and he sees that um, the goalie is off his line. The goalie is out of his crease. The goalie looks like he's a little bit off balance. And, of course, I'm talking about Jacob Markstrom. And what does Suzuki do as soon as he sees the goalie's out? He intentionally throws the puck back in front to try and bank it off the goalie, and it worked, and he scored. What a what a goal of genius. It, it shows the kind of patience and intelligence that Nick Suzuki brings to the Montreal Canadiens. And to come with Jedi mind trick the puck into the net to bank it off the goalie is, is incredible. But let's rewind it a couple of minutes earlier when Nick Suzuki essentially tried the same play and Jacob Markstrom snagged the puck with his glove, looked back at him and said, that's not going to work. Now, if you were a lesser player, you probably would be scared to try that same play again because you just got told it's not going to work. But not Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki said, I'm going to go for it because I see an opening. I see a weakness on this goalie. Nick Suzuki identified a, a, a spot where he can find a vulnerable Jacob Markstrom and he essentially tried the exact same move out of the exact same spot that didn't work earlier, but this time it did work. And that's the sign of a player who's playing with confidence, who sees the game, who sees things a little bit better and above and beyond your average player. You know, he's got, what, 14 points in 15 games now. Watching the game on television, I, I saw a stat, and I'm trying to remember if it's October 26th or October 28th. Anyway, he's got nine points now, I believe, in his last five games. And since that date in late October, Nick Suzuki, I believe, has the second most points of any player in the National Hockey League, one point behind Leon Dreisaitl. Isn't that something? That's a stat that's quite interesting. I, you know, I'll look it up after the after we uh, after the, po- the podcast here, just out of sheer curiosity, because that's definitely something to to brag about. There's been so much negative commentary about the Montreal Canadiens season thus far, and so many fans saying the team should just give up after the first ten games. To have a, a positive stat like that, it's always nice to introduce some some positive information into the inf- into the media flow. Well, not to mention, I mean, let's face it, Mark Bergevin goes out and gives him that eight-year, $63 million contract after just a couple of seasons in the National Hockey League, and he's 22 years old, and there's a lot of people saying, you know, why didn't he give him the bridge? At one point, I thought, why didn't he give him the bridge either? Uh, but let's, you know, if if this is Suzuki, and by the way, his prime is going to be like four years from now, He's going to end up being a pretty special player because he already he's the best player in the Montreal Canadiens. And Andrew, with all due respect to his teammates, it's not even close. He he's a special player, and we kind of understand why Mark Bergevin skipped the bridge deal. Mark Bergevin doesn't skip the bridge deal a whole lot. He uh, he's very that's a very rare move for him. And I can only think of one other player 
that he did that with, and that's Brendan Gallagher. Uh, and I think Brendan Gallagher is also, you can put him in that special player category. So um, for Nick Suzuki to come out and prove Mark Bergevin right, uh, it's it just hits all the right notes. A goal and an assist for Brendan Gallagher, a goal and an assist for Nick Suzuki, a goal for Ben Sherratt, and with the Canadians up by a score of 3-2 to two with six seconds left in regulation, Jake Evans is able to pot one home. And I got to tell you, we talked about players who are growing. Uh, you know, Evans, we saw some flashes last year that this guy could be a pretty good player. The big question mark for Evans is staying healthy because mm-hmm. at one point he had four documented concussions in a span of two years and nine months. And those are the injuries you don't want to have, obviously not. He had a couple of injuries this year. He missed a couple of games. But ever since this guy's been back in the lineup, you know, I know he was a, a, a victim of, of uh, Kempe's game-winning goal last game. But let's not forget, that game doesn't get to overtime if Evans doesn't pull a little bit of magic on Bjornfoot, turning him inside out, and a quick wrist shot to the top of the net. He scores again tonight. And I'm happy he scored because he played really hard and he played really well. And he deserved that. He played 16 minutes and 24 seconds. He was 50% in the circle. He had four hits in the hockey game. Andrew, he deserved it. Absolutely. Uh, Jake Evans is one of those kind of, let's call it a rare gem for the Montreal Canadiens organization where you have a player come up through the development system and actually stick in the team stick on the Montreal Canadiens and actually make an impact. Um, I, I, th- I think, you know, there's definitely a lot of conversation around Montreal's ability to develop players. And we've seen a lot of players come up with a lot of high expectations that tend to fizzle out. You know, you're thinking about Jacob Delarose, Charles Houdon, um, uh, who else was there? Uh, Sven Andrighetto, players that were like coming up with a lot of momentum and a lot of talk behind them that fizzled out with the Montreal Canadiens. Sure back. Sure back. Well, Sherbach never really actually made it on the Montreal Canadiens to be yeah. clear. But um, here you have Jake Evans, a seventh round pick that spends uh, two years in the AHL, if not three years, gradually getting better year over year. And when he gets that opportunity to play in the NHL, he ends up sticking in the NHL and not just sticking in the NHL. He, he plays at such a level that it made almost Ryan Paling redundant, uh, or at least at the very least give Ryan Paling more time to develop in the AHL and they don't have to worry about rushing him to the NHL. So Jake Evans has more than proven his his worth, and I think he's he's no longer even um, you know a fourth line center for Montreal at this point. He's definitely made a case for himself as a as moving up into the third line position, and even on certain occasions when they need it, uh, a shutdown on the top six. It was a gutsy performance uh, by the Canadians who were without Jonathan Drouin, of course, who is still suffering from headaches. Dvorak and Anderson have not been at 100%. Anderson's been under the weather. Dvorak had a therapy day. There's an injury plaguing him. Nevertheless, Dvorak played over 16 minutes. Anderson played uh, eight seconds shy of 16 minutes in the hockey game. You brought up Ryan Paling's name. I've been tough on him, but I think fair. And the one thing I've always questioned was just overall work ethic and care level and doing the little things and playing hard from your first shift to your last shift tonight, I tip my hat because I really like the way Ryan Paling played. I know he didn't play a lot, eight minutes and 12 seconds. We didn't expect him to get a lot of ice time playing in between Belzil on his right and Pizzetta on his left. 
You know, Belzil played just over six minutes. Pizzetta played a second shy of seven minutes. But I thought Paling worked really hard as if every shift was his last one in the National Hockey League. And if this guy wants to be an effective NHLer, he's going to have to do that all the time. So tonight, for the first time since he scored three goals in his first NHL regular season game a couple of years ago, he looked like an NHLer and he didn't have to score. It's just he worked hard, his positioning, he was solid, he was reliable. He looked like an NHLer, 71% in the circle as well. Exactly. And that's the big contribution that he can immediately bring to the team is face-off wins. Uh, we know that Montreal has had problems over the years uh, with, with having multiple centers who can win face-offs. And if that's what he brings uh, on a night-in, night-out basis at a minimum, then he may secure his spot. Uh, right off the bat, you know, he's, he's doing better than, let's say, Cedric Paquette in the face-off circle. Um, and I, I think the role he was asked to play uh, to yeah. be kind of the, tonight at least, with Belzil and Pizzetta to be kind of the, the, the disturbing line, I think they did quite well. Uh, we, know, we know Michael Pizzetta is capable of ruffling a few feathers here and there. Yeah. But uh, Ryan Palin was in those scrums. He wasn't shying away from a bit of a physical um, contribution to, to, to that uh, scrum. And that's what I think uh, uh, one of the knocks against him was that he w- wouldn't get too physical. He wouldn't get too physical battling for the pucks in the corners. He wouldn't get too physical in the, in the, you know, after the whistle. But I think we saw more of, a, more of that from him in this game. And that's an excellent kind of sign for the future. Now, once injured players start coming back, it will be very interesting to see the uh, the send down order uh, back yeah. to Laval. Um, you know, we'll see what he does. This is game one. Excellent start for him. Uh, hopefully, you can keep up on this pace. Once again, watching the game on RDS, at one point late in that hockey game, they had showed that he had, uh, on one-on-one battles, he had won four of them, which at that point late in the game was more than any Montreal Canadian in the hockey game. So a real positive contribution from him. One of those rare games thus far this season at uh, the Bell Center where it was it was, it was um, not a 60-minute effort, all right, because there were some lapses in the first period, but it was pretty much as close to a complete game that the Canadians have played this season where they worked really hard versus an opponent who lost their last game, yes, but before that had a record of 7-0-3 in a 10-game span. So that's a pretty good hockey team who are starting their first game of a seven-game road trip, the Calgary Flames. They wanted to start off on the right foot. They weren't able to. And uh, on Friday night, they play the Leafs in Toronto. Andrew, do the Canadians win or lose in Detroit? And I ask you, because if they win, it'll be the first time this season that they would have won two consecutive hockey games. I think we're seeing an improvement in their overall play in their overall demeanor. That's like three games now where it is an improvement game over game. Uh, I think they're managing to play the kind of system that Dominic Ducharme wants them to play. I think they're starting to play confidently within that system. And yes, you're right. It wasn't a full 60 minute effort just yet. And if, you know, if they're uh, at home have a fourth line that's playing eight, uh, six to eight minutes on the road, that's going to be even less. So to me, that tells me that they don't necessarily trust that fourth line at home. Will they trust them with last uh, with first change on the road? Probably not. Uh, I think they're going to be up against it in uh, in Detroit. Will they win? I think they have momentum behind them. 
but uh, Detroit's a very, very talented team. And if Montreal can't put in a full 60 minute effort, it's going to be hard for them. I want to say yes, they'll win, but I'm not quite convinced that they're out of the slump yet. They do have Detroit's number this season for a change. Andrew, thanks for doing this. We'll talk soon, man. It's now Don't time me. for me to make some money. Brought to you by my bookie. Three game parlay. Uh, place your bets on my bookie. Go to mybookie.ag slash the sick podcast and use code sick picks to double your deposit. Bet, win, get paid. I got a three game parlay. You ready? The Edmonton Oilers scored five goals in Boston on Thursday night. On Friday night, they're going to be in Buffalo. I'm not going to bet an under in an order game again, the way McDavid and Dreisaitl are going. So give me goals in that hockey game and give me the over. As for the Philadelphia Flyers, they're going to be in Carolina. Give me the Hurricanes to win that one. And the Washington Capitals, who played on Thursday night, Zach Fucali won by a score of 2 to nothing, a shutout win for him over Detroit. They play in Columbus versus the Blue Jackets. Give me the Blue Jackets. So once again, my three-game parlay, Columbus Blue Jackets, Carolina Hurricanes, and the over in the game between the Oilers and the Sabres, I'm putting two units on it. I'm Marinero, the sick podcast. Until next time. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The sick podcast is brought to you by Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocers and the Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks Near You.